Good Shepherd Convent here in Inwood, New York City. Welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we sit down with Chief Creative Officer of the United Palace, Mike Fiddleson. Mike's passions have chartered him through many careers, from teaching underserved fifth grade students in a Harlem classroom to help build community as a photographer, reporter, editor, associate publisher of the bilingual community newspaper, the Manhattan Times, to help helping reestablish the United Palace as a historic theater, as a destination for the metropolitan area here. We're going to talk to him about his work and so much more, but first, let me welcome you, Mike, to Inwood Artworks On Air. Thank you so much for making the time to be here. Glad I, glad I could finally make it down and great to be here. And you left out the, my culinary career. Sorry about I that. Was, I was a cook for several years back in the day. <sighs> Apparently, I, you know why? You've never cooked for me. That's, That's probably true. the reason That's why. True. But I look forward to it now and an invitation. And, hopefully, and now I am following. I need to invite you. Yes, so exactly. We'll have you and your, your, your beautiful wife up to Connecticut. Please. And we can, uh, you know, have some pasta. Because uh, cooking is very much an artistic platform. Yes. It's very much a way Artistic of and narcissistic. They go hand in hand. <laughs> Well, we'll find out. <laughs> well, it's true though. But you've you've held, held so many hats. Do you have a favorite hat that you wear? Uh, well, the other one, I guess, is father. Um, and yes. quite frankly, you know, and and it's sort of cliche, but that that really does trump everything else. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do your kids are they are they artistic lovers because of you? Like, do they have their own artistic? Um, you, you know, it's fascinating. I, I've got uh, two daughters, uh, fifteen and thirteen. Yeah. And or you know, fifteen and twelve, the fifteen-year-old has been in. It's she turned, she turned into a theater kid. Wow! And strangely enough, that that isn't really me. That's that's not where I came from. That wasn't my my experience. Even though I did stage crew in my senior year in high school, um, but she's really found a community, um, and she's been very excited about auditioning. She's taking singing lessons. She's doing all this stuff. And then two nights ago, she comes out and says, "Hey." They're going to make me the assistant stage director for the musical. I said, that means you can't audition. You can't be in it. No, no, it's better if I'm behind the scenes. So well, That's cool to find out, right? That kind of feels a little bit more like my past. So maybe there yeah. is a little bit of me in, in her. And, and the other one, her creativity is she's a cook. Well, there you go. It all comes full circle. Yeah. I mean, definitely pieces of you in either of yeah. them. That's excellent. Wow. Luckily, they, they look like their mom. <laughs> Well, their identities will remain anonymous until a further point in time. <laughs> They're still underage. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, um, last time I saw you, uh, we celebrated you as the uh, upstanding person of the year for Up Theater Company, so I wanted to also make sure we got that in there. How about that? Now, now, now I feel guilty you I'm not wearing guy. the hat. Yeah, I should right. Go down and get that. Sitting in my office, I wear the hat for these. Should have worn the hat. Well, now you can have people go on the interwebs and find you with right. pictures of that, and maybe you will give me a for the B roll for the show. Give me a picture of that for the video version. We'll, Please we'll, remind we'll, me. Yeah, we'll put that in there. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, congrats on that and being celebrated. So, kind of making that uh, little full circle comment to your daughters too. Finding your people. How is this community? Is you found your people in this community, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's very interesting. I um, moved here in 99. Um, we had been living in Queens, and my, my then-girlfriend, now wife, got into Columbia Med School. And when we were in Queens, and she was coming up to this place called Washington Heights that at that point was not the Washington Heights we know. It wasn't uh, a place that people talked about regularly like that. I figured if I ever wanted to see her again, stick with her, I needed to move closer than Queens, right? 
And so uh, I decided to go down to Washington Heights, try my luck there. And I was knocking on doors in Haven Avenue and um, met the super of uh, 200 Haven Avenue, a guy named Rigo, who I believe is still there. <laughs> um, and he showed me a place, loved it, took it that day. And that's when I moved into Washington Heights. Uh, I had been a photographer. I still fancied myself a photographer at that point. And um, the only job I'd ever had that I loved was journalism back in my hometown of Oakland, California. So I was wandering the streets and I found a newspaper called the Manhattan Times. And I sort of looked into it and said, hey, I, could, I don't know Spanish, but I could do this. Knocked on the door, you know, what, three blocks from here. It was at um, 5000 Broadway at that point on... Uh, was at 212th Street on the basement. A lot of basements in my life at this point, say. evidently. Just look down. You'll and, find something. Uh, knocked on the door there, and um, uh, Luce Miranda answered the door, and I said, hey, I'm a photographer. And she said, great, go out and take some pictures. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Ever since. There you are. And it's and Manhattan Times is still around, by the way. Uh, it's still it's still going, right? As far as I know, I yeah. see it around. Yeah, I, I'm it not, around. I haven't been involved in right. 12 years. But. Yeah, but I'm saying it's still in, uh, uh, the the neighborhood rag, I guess, in right. many ways. Um, affectionate, well, affectionate rag. Yeah, yeah well, you know how it means. Free, Term of endearment. Free press, free press. if you will. Right. You know, and uh, well, um, do you have much time for photography these days? You know, it's funny. Um, I hadn't taken a picture in years, um, even of my kids. You know, the, when the cell phones came along, everyone started turning into photographer. I, I lost a bit of the interest in it. Yeah. Um, it was no longer, you know, special, that special way of communicating with people. Everyone's right. doing it. Um, but in the last four or five months, I've started photographing the concerts at the palace. And because I want to do it my way, we bought a printer. So I photographed the first three songs download the photos, format the photos, print the photo, and get the autograph from the artist as he's leaving the stage awesome. for our wall of fame. Very cool. So that, that's been, it's been a great way to bring that part of my life back yeah. into the theater stuff. Very nice. Very nice. Well, that's it very cool. Well, let's talk about the palace a bit. That's where you find yourself these days. <laughs> More often than not. I'm glad, you're, glad you came out and <laughs> visited us and didn't, uh, from, your, from your Dickensian garret right, somewhere yeah. in the heights of the, of the palace. Uh, and uh, a little bit of history lesson, if folks don't know, uh, the, the ornate United Palace opened in 1930 as the Lowe's 175th Street Theater. Um, a deluxe movie theater and vaudeville house, uh, the last of the five wonder theaters, they called it in New York city and New Jersey. And it's gone through a lot of acts and, uh, places in their life and story of its life. So, uh, just want to touch that on one aspect of your job is that it's, 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 it's your charge to upkeep and, and, and maintain such a building. Uh, and it's never ending, is it? It's never ending. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's unbelievable the things that break or go wrong or you just don't get right the first, second, or third times. Right. Faucets, for instance. Bet, bet you never knew how much or you know now about faucets in your life. I know a little bit more about faucets. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot of faucets in that building. A lot of faucets. You probably know how many, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and which ones work. Yes, yeah, so and which ones work, which is hot water. Yes. Right. Yeah. That, that costs extra. What? what? No, we we don't heat the water always. <laughs> when we have the extra money, we'll heat the water for you too. Yes. Exactly. Well, uh, I mean, the palace is widely known as a venue for hosting national acts, uh, but you've done a lot of great work 
to also provide uh, cultural opportunities for engagement with the community. Uh, most notably, I will say, uh, through the Movies the Palace series, mm-hmm. uh, which began in 2013 and has drawn more than else. I think uh, you can tell me your stats, but I think over 20,000 people um, probably an experience for all those years, given your capacity. Um, and, you know, that's bringing that sense of wonderment back to northern Manhattan. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, how that series has evolved and what it's now become? Certainly. Um, it's really changed a lot. So the, the movies, it, it, as Aaron said, it opened as a, a deluxe movie palace uh, until 1969, where you didn't really need a 3,400-seat single-screen theater. Um, in Washington Heights or probably anywhere else, uh, and that's when it was purchased by a church and stopped showing movies. Uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey was the last movie shown theatrically at that point in time. Um, and then there's this guy, it's funny, we're in the seat of the universe here in Inwood, uh, a guy named Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, who grew up just down the block from where we He's are right now. He's a neighbor. Um, na- neighbor of the world. Um, we had hosted the five-year anniversary concert of In the Heights, uh, this must have been 2013 or something like that. And he, um, it was the first time he'd been in the theater. He grew up a theater kid. There's a, a bona fide theater kid and had never been in the United Palace until we did in the Heights. And um, afterwards, you know, he'd fallen in love and been introduced to it and he knew its power and grandeur. Uh, I said, you know, we had, we had breakfast up here. I swear to God, everything happens in Inwood, right? That's right. Uh, Indian Road Cafe. We had breakfast one morning. I said, Lynn, you know, you're a... You're, you're an actor, you're a writer, you sing, you dance a little bit. We've got this great theater in your neighborhood. What do you want to do with it? And Lynn says, let's bring back the movies. Uh, and that started our, our Kickstarter campaign to, uh, to raise $40,000, to buy a projector, to return movies after 40-year absence. And that worked out great in the neighborhood. The community supported us. We got the projector, and he started um, emceeing the movies. And because it's Lynn... Uh, it would always be a movie, and he would bring in, um, you know, Rita Moreno to introduce West Side Story, uh, and we sort of picked up on the whole vi- vaudeville theme, and always had some sort of live component uh, if it meant doing a fashion show before Rear Window, or bringing in a bona fide group of Ghostbusters to bust Slimer before cool. showing Ghostbusters. I mean, it was a lot of fun, but it was all. You know, uh, predicated on on Lynn's Lynn falling in love with the building and seeing the possibility uh, for what we could do with movies. Um, and <laughs> I promise, once the actor strike is over, <laughs> we will start showing movies again. Well, yeah, that's a little rough. I mean, you could still show movies technically because you license them, but you couldn't get the actors to come out. To we we them, technically could, but but we've actually gone back and forth on this because yeah. we spent a lot of time talking about doing. Um, a Wonderful Life. Well, sure, uh, you've done it many. It's like been like your Christmas. It's show. W- one of our cornerstones, right? Um, but it just doesn't feel right. Um, we want to wait until everything gets straightened out before yeah. we reintroduce that. I think it's only fair to the situation that everybody finds them- themselves in economically. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a rough time. It's a rough time um, being a card carrying SAG member myself. I totally. Um, we all support um, fair wages and. Uh, 
just being fair at all. <laughs> just being fair. How about that? Let's just, what a concept. Let's support. Well, the, I don't know. But yeah, I'll just try that for starters. That, that sounds like but, a new uh, t-shirt we need to brand. Let's just be fair. Let's just be fair. We start with fair. Yeah, let's just, you know, just <laughs> ellipses, the end. Um, well, uh, we're looking, I look forward. Um, I've come to many, and including... Um, and uh, well, well, about the, the wonderful life, one of my favorites. And uh, you have uh, Donna Reed's daughter, who Mary comes Owen. out. Mary comes out yep. uh, for many years. She did it, and uh, always a highlight. And uh, I very much think it's a wonderful thing for our community. And uh, so, what's playing next? You'll find out when the strike's over, folks. <laughs> and 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 Mike puts together um, a great series. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, are there any? So you have the, the the palace, and you have obviously lots of national acts come through, and you have this this local film series too. And um, are there any programming ideas you've had that you've been kicking around that you'd like to see realized at the palace? Um, that you know still still in the crawl and like to get out there. Sure, there's one. There's there's the the once in future program that we called the Crackalackin' season of classical music. Okay. And we ran with that uh, back in 2014 mm-hmm. when we were first launching the Hip Hop Nutcracker. Right. And, and we Which used you're this, a co-creator of. Co-creator of, right. And we, um, we used this season to string together a bunch of events that all used classical music in innovative ways and made it more accessible to local audiences and folks who you know, had probably never picked up a French horn before. Mm-hmm. And um, we did a series of events leading up to the um, Hip Hop Nutcracker, and it worked great. And we sort of built this following. We were working with a bunch of um, El Sistema-inspired orchestra programs. Um, so we had the kids, we had the parents, we had the music. It was great. We're going to revive that for next year, uh, 2024, starting with a performance of um, the Chevalier in January, I think it's January 21st. And this is a theatrical concert of this guy, uh, Joseph Ballone's life, who was the first black composer, opera composer, who had one of those amazing history book lives where he worked with Mozart. And some people say he taught Mozart, okay. you know, how to play. Yeah. Taught Marie Antoinette how to fight with a sword. Wow. He uh, was one of the first um, abolitionists in France, fought in the French Revolution, and kind of had one of those amazing lives that somehow falls through the crack, for whatever reason. The man was black. Maybe there wasn't. Uh, maybe there was a specific reason why his life has fallen by the wayside. Um, but we're working with concert theater works and music before 1800 and the Harlem Chamber Players to re- reintroduce the band's story and um, bring it to the stage of the palace, where I think the confluence of all these different things, plus some slamming music um, will help re-energize that aspect of our programming that has kind of been dormant for the past few years. Awesome. We're looking forward to that. I mean, it's a great place, and the acoustics are wonderful. You're doing it in in the actual lobby or are you going to do it in the... um, This is on the stage. On the stage. Yeah, this is the stage, stage performance. Um, There are, and that will be the the front anchor, and there's a bunch of other... um, you know, almost experiments that we want to do where we're mashing up classical music with other genres and other storytelling forms mm-hmm. um, to really raise some eyebrows and get some people in the door and hopefully support some local artists, um, give them uh, their, their, their careers, the opportunity to grow, um, and maybe some kids who had never quite thought of the music before and, or felt the music before, um, give them the opportunity to uh, see where it takes them. Awesome. Love it. I'm looking forward to it. And so keep your eyes peeled to United Palace's website for that. And they'll 
or the social media, and I'm sure they'll be heading out there toward you guys soon. Um, well, as one who presents forward-facing programming, you know how challenging it is to attract audiences and engage them to show up, particularly young people. Um, so uh, in this call it, I want to beg myself to say post-COVID era, but we all know it's still going on. It'll be with us for a very long time. Uh, do you have any advice for those out there who are trying to put on and present events? Because you're old hat at it and how they can attract audience. Like, what are, what are tricks of the trade you can help? Because I feel like this podcast is somewhat educational in nature. It's a great and question. And it's always about trying to you know reach people, right? It's a great question. I think that the, the key, the, the secret sauce would be collaboration. Um, pull together as many different organizations, like-minded and simpatico, um, to help produce something because then you're expanding, you're, you're, um, your audience is growing exponentially every time you bring in another partner who has their own following. Um, I think that's, that's certainly how we're approaching this classical music program right now. Um, either that or just find somebody super famous and uh, have them do a lot of programming with you. Jennifer, that, that Jennifer works Lopez, too. <laughs> uh, Lin Miranda. I mean, you know, you name it, you'll right, get the big right. names, and that doesn't hurt. Al Pacino was one. Al Pacino. You know, I mean, uh, but it's just that's just the movie stuff. Like, like you're saying, just for the composers too. It's like, and for the the music, it, it's all helpful in finding you know your people, right? Right. And, 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 the, and I think that was, you know, the the theater has been there for 93 years, um, and it, you know. It is shinier, prettier now than it was, you know, two years ago, five years ago, twenty yeah. years ago. Pick a number, um, but it's always been there, and it's always had this power and this wonder. But it's been a process of of reintroducing it to the world, yeah. reintroducing it, starting with the local community, and then expanding and expanding and expanding. Where yes, we get an Al Pacino in or a, a J Lo or somebody like that, and that just lends credibility, and that just lends that just helps that snowball pick up speed and pick up more snow and turn yeah. into that, you know, uh, avalanche that we need uh, in order to keep this this treasure part of the the cultural landscape of, you know, not just Manhattan, but Washington Heights. Yeah. Somebody was talking about how it's become an anchor. I was on a phone on the way down in the car. I was talking to somebody. And she said, yeah, yeah, it's really become an anchor. And I said, it's got to be more than an anchor. It's also got to be a megaphone, right? Because anchors stop you. They slow you down. Mm-hmm. The metaphors also got to reach out. So yeah. it's an anchor and a megaphone. Yeah, well, it's a it's a great platform, I think, as well. Platform, and great. I, th- I think that's, that's what, a lot that's, more twenty first century than well, anchor. You're, you're that's welcome. Thinking more there like you, there you, you know, go. The, 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 that's how I feel. That's how I feel about it. What artworks is that you know we don't have a venue per se. Like we use the neighborhood as a canvas to kind of create our work. Absolutely, and, it, and it's yeah. like um, in a different way because it's just about presenting and 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 producing what we can and the very limited. Uh, opportunities we have to do so but it's like it's finding i, I agree with you 100 percent saying finding those like-minded people simpatico as your mind are and seeing you know how you can work together to bring people together in whichever way it's not it's not always about three thousand people in a room it could be 30 people in a room if they're the right people to hear your work right you know what i mean so it's yep. about it's about right. con- it's about connectivity and engagement not so much just about numbers certainly and let's talk about that that outreach um because i've you know when I got here in 99, um, there were very few, some would argue there still aren't any you know, bona fide galleries, and there weren't a lot of art spaces and stages. Um, Northern Manhattan has traditionally, historically, been very underserved in the arts. 100%. So the big push was, all right, let's start off by getting you know photographs, paintings, pictures up in whatever vertical surface we can find that has a roof over it so people will see it. If that's a butcher, if that's the library, if that's a tax accountant's office, 
sure, that's a step in the right direction. Um, and, and that was really what the push was, um, where you know, the Manhattan Times was aligned with that and Northern Manhattan Arts Alliance came along was aligned with that. Uh, and once that momentum began, and you know, by some bizarre confluence of events, I found myself inside the United Palace. Uh, and folks like Inwood Artworks come along, I feel so good that I don't even need to think about what's happening outside of our walls. So much is happening. There's so much art happening in the neighborhood now. If it's a movie series in um, a local park mm -hmm. or up theater company, the first time I was on this building was an up theater company production on stage behind the curtain. Right. We did uh, K, Kama Joseph. We that did, one. We did right. that. It was a Kirby Fields uh, play. Actually. And that was, you know, I, I just love the fact that all of that is happening. And, and don't take this the wrong I don't have to do it. You know, well, other people are doing I, it, and I'm it's a fantastic. Big fan of that too. It's wonderful to be in the audience, right, Mike? Yep. It's like you know, I, it's, and it's, I will say this: my wife always makes fun of me too. It's like, hey, you get to go to a party you didn't throw. You know what I mean? It's like, I, it's true. Right. And so right. it's like, it was wonderful. It was wonderful going to that 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 party for you. I was like. I love coming here and just hanging out and seeing people and talking like I normally talk and not be quote unquote on for any reason yep. of, of yeah. you know just representing just enjoying just it. enjoying. But that but 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 what you originally started talking about was you know finding your people like my daughter yeah. finding her theater people yeah. you know Community. and that's that's what's really happened and that was a stated goal at the Manhattan Times when yeah. we started doing this twenty years ago was literally. Let's get people on the same page. Yeah. We're going to do it in English and Spanish, and we're going to do a lot of art so the artists can see that there's other artists. They're not alone. Right. And that, I believe, has helped you know, uh, continue to build this arts community, this arts audience. You, either, you're, either you're holding the paintbrush or you're looking at the painting. doesn't matter. But there's conversation. You know, seeing Eli Yeaman across the street, you yeah. know, uh, tabling at the inwood green market yep. on a saturday morning for for um you know uh, jazz it's just you know that's a beautiful thing it's what, a what, wonderful thing that wasn't happening here <laughs> no I, I agree with you i came here in 2003 it's a little after you and same kind of thing and you know you walk in the neighborhood and they're they're technically you're right there's still no art galleries there's a well, speak about, speak about Inwood specifically. There's no art galleries. There's no performing arts center. There's no movie theater, et cetera, so on. So when you have people like Jazz Power and Up Theater and you name it, um, you know, Kinesis Dance Project and all the others that we've highlighted here on this podcast throughout the past four years, uh, it, it makes your heart swell because mm -hmm. I agree. When it was 2000, that early 2000s or so, and going into the, you know, early, I remember the early art store conversations because the art store came out of just people coming together. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a corporation doing it. It wasn't a nonprofit putting it on. No, it was just right. people coming together. Yep. Marty Collins was big into that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people um, were just saying, let's just do this and make it happen. So uh, kudos to this community for growing. And uh, and we'll see, you know, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm really glad you kind of took the temperature of the room with now saying that was then, this is now. Um, and seeing this is, we, I think we have, it's grown positively like our, our neighbor our, our, mm -hmm. our cultural community arts community because of people like you have fostered that culture and uh and it's become a nice welcome place for people to uh keep creating mm -hmm. and you know inwood doesn't have a theater right now um but the ground breaking on people's theater just, project just theater happened just happened and yeah, that had, is going to uh, be zammy uh, spectacular she's no longer with the company but um uh who's moved on now their artist director moved on uh 
But uh, Mino and Bob's uh, going to have a yeah, part of the rezoning is going to happen over on 207 and uh, 9th Avenue, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, ish, ish area of the world. Yeah. <laughs> ish, ish. I mean, I don't know which the inwood ish point here. A very big building, one of the you know the the, the towers are going over. I mean, that whole if you haven't looked outside, folks, just you know, look look east and you'll see a, a high rise going on, and and that's a great thing. It's like you know you got to deal with the developer and. You can put in, a, and you know, people's theater let a lot of, as I've said in other podcasts, have done a lot of great work, and um, you know, particularly educational programming. That's their mm-hmm. that's where they hang their hat, and uh, it's great the fact that they're gonna have a home for that, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully more people can use the space too. It'd be awesome, and just like you, like you do with United Palace, hosting concerts and things like that. So I think it's awesome that you know. Um, it's a it's a it's a resource to be had. Like you just hosted the Dominican Film Festival. Um, there's a lot of great opportunities for artists and resources uh, to do their thing. Right, and and that was you know, there's a, a blessing and a curse in having a 3,400 seat theater. It's yay, you have 3,400 yeah. seats. Boo, you have 3,400 seats. Yeah. How do you fill them? Right. And I've been telling Mino for years. I, I can't wait till she gets the theater built. Because I get asked for for um, uh, programs or events uh, that just are that would be swamped, right. swallowed up in our space. Sure, but three hundred seat theater in Inwood is perfect. Mino, build the theater. I can't wait. Yes, less phone calls, less emails to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's 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 time and place for everything, and we're looking forward to all those programs. And do you have any programs coming up other than the um, the theater series sorry the uh, music series coming up you want us to make her aware of like anything happening at the palace coming up this holiday season that we want to tell people about uh the, the one you know it's, it's hard to look too far into the future yeah we have um we're doing our first comedy night with local dominican comedians on monday night in the foyer Okay. And on all Mondays, like a Monday kind of thing. Well, let's start. Let's start with the first. Or one. just do Aaron, one. Aaron, Aaron, we're doing the first one. Just do one. See how it goes. No, I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. It's sold out. Great. We had you know, sold out. It's in the foyer. It's going to be fun, um, and we're hoping that this becomes a platform for for doing a lot more comedy of of all varieties yeah. at the palace. And it's one of the, um, you know, one of the holes in our um, programming lineup is comedy, and I'm hoping that this is the first step to uh, filling that because I think cool. I think people uptown need to laugh right now. We need to laugh. I think we so. could use a laugh. I think all right. we all use a laugh right now. Absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. Is there anything else you want to talk about? We haven't hit. I am so glad that you're doing this, not for my sake, but just keeping the, you know, you're keeping the fire burning. Um, and like I said before, I, you know, I, I'm inside the United Palace, and I spend most of my thoughts on on in the interior of the walls. Yeah. Folks like you are doing stuff outside and throughout the community. I love it. it makes makes me very happy. So thank you very much. For you're what welcome. You're doing. I'm glad the drawbridge came down and let you out. And uh, <laughs> happy happy to have you here. And come come visit anytime. The water's just fine outside the palace. <laughs> and thank you for inviting us in as always. Well, once again, folks. Um, uh, by the way, uh, if you weren't familiar with um, United Palace programming by chance, just like Lynn Manuel wasn't uh, familiar with it, uh, you can go to their website, and we'll put the uh, the website in the description of this episode. Okay. Uh, thanks again, Mike, for stopping by and taking the time and be on this uh, episode of Artworks on Air. Thank you, sir. You betcha. Uh, so again, this is Inwood Artworks on Air. It's where we meet the 
musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes and administrators who make their home here in uh, Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment right now, please show us some love by rating and reviewing this podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts uh, or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, we really appreciate it. Many thanks to Church of Good Shepherd here for hosting us and to HeightSites.com for Uptown promotional support, and you can support On Air and all of our programming by heading over to inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate and make a tax-free donation or go via Venmo at Inwood Artworks. Be sure to follow us on social media to keep with all that we do, which includes Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Alfresco, Pop-Up Art Galleries, live performances, and so much more. Inwood Artworks On Air is proud to be supported in part by public funds from the New York State Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. And Inwood Artworks programming is made possible by the New York State Council on the Arts with support of the Office of the Governor and the New York State Legislature. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air. <laughs>